Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. I'm your host, Kamaria T. Richmond. And we are just going to move with the flow with our technical ditch glitches today. Thanks, Nicole, for being so patient with me and working with me through this process. So we're going to start all over again as if we have not talked already today. <laughs> I am welcoming back to the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show author and educator, Nicole S. Brown. And Nicole just released on Thursday her 15th book, but she's also the founder and owner of Poetry at Best, a literary company. And Nicole, we're so excited for you because, you know, releasing book number 15 is no easy easy, easy feet. And um, this is more, many more school days, holidays, and all days that lie between. This is number three in a series. And so for folks that um, didn't get a chance to, you know, listen to our podcast two weeks ago, uh, we were saving this one for today because you know, you were hoping that book number 15 would be out, but um, let's just start with sharing your story. Um, I have a unique story in that um, I, did, I had been writing for a while, and I said that in the other podcast, and I've been writing ever since I was a child, but I didn't really get serious about writing and publishing until I had some rough times in my life as in a in uh as a professional and personally um really some things that happened to my life uh that was personal went into my professional but you know it worked out for my good and it's working out for my good and I'm thankful that it is working out for my good although other others may not um you know can uh, well attest or credit me because uh but at the same time, I'm just thankful to be able to share my work with the world. And I haven't been a lot of places, but it's just an honor and a privilege for my work to have traveled to different places that I haven't seen yet. And hopefully I'll be able to see those places soon. And, you know, that's so interesting because when we were talking, uh, you know, two weeks ago, your books are available worldwide. And yeah. I'm like, that is the coolest thing to um, have your work out into the universe before yeah. you've actually visited some of those places. And so I've always, and I've asked you the question before, what was the dream as a child and how did you? Well, the dream, the dream as a child, was to become a pharmacist, but it didn't happen because um, of certain circumstances, you know, divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, but I didn't get in, 
to accept it into pharmacy school when I did go to this college. And, you know, um, I ended up becoming a teacher because uh, I already had love for kids, but just being in the, uh, in the environment with kids dealing with this organization that uh, when I didn't get accepted into the pre in the pharmacy program, I went on and changed my major to chemistry ed and became a chemistry teacher. Then after that, um, years and years and years of teaching, and then I became an author. Wow. And what is it about writing that inspires you? It soothes the soul. It's therapeutic. It can, te it, it can teach. It can speak volumes. It can speak to more than just one person at a time. It, it, it's just a way to get to communicate uh, your feelings, uh, your beliefs, uh, what you know, um, you know, maybe even things that you even want to know, you know, you can express it in writing. And then being that, like I said, I was shy by nature, that writing was easier for me than talking to people. And singing was easier than talking to people. <laughs> yes, yes, because you have an incredible voice. And Nicole, you said that um, for, you know, for the series, well, for this book in particular, that it's 300 pages of poetry on educational topics and holidays. And it's, of course, an excellent read for the lifelong learner and wonderful for Poetry Month and every month in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell, us, tell us about the title. Well, the title, I, I got it at the, be well, you know, at the beginning of my writing career. So I just carried on with different with added words. So the very first book in the series is School Days, Holidays, and All Days, A Lot Between, because, you know, life, you know, your life, everybody, everybody's life, they have some school days. And they had some holidays, and then they had some things that happened to them that was good and bad in between. Absolutely, absolutely. And why is you know this series so important to you? Well, it's important to me because this is my favorite type of writing to write about. I like to write about education, and I like to write about holidays, and I like to write about pleasant things and even unpleasant things in life that occur, but I really don't like to write too many unpleasant things in life because I don't really like some of my other books that really, really hit home. I really don't like those are hard to write. You know, it's easier for me to write about education than anything because, you know, some of the things that happened in my life, they were rough. <laughs> and so just putting it on paper is definitely healing for you. Yes. So what is then and and healing and healing for others because uh you know a lot of times when we share our stories you know we know that we're helping ourselves but we're also helping others as well. So um read for us the first piece that you'd like to share. Okay. It's called Noble Character is Always in Style. Treating others kindly is always worthwhile. Spreading gossip in a global society is caustic. Maladaptive behavior towards your neighbors is toxic. Never think twice about being nice to others. It's the golden rule. 
Use it at work, home, and school. Treating others kindly is always worthwhile. Try your best to always conduct yourself in an orderly fashion. Respect and compassion for others shouldn't be rationed. Again, treating others kindly is always worthwhile. Noble character is always in style. I love that. And I can tell that you're an educator because you are dropping uh, some knowledge, some lessons for those, <laughs> for folks to, you know what, follow the golden rule. And so tell us about this, how this piece came to you. Well, we we always teach each other or as parents, as teachers or as friends or whatever. So treat people the way that they want to be treated. And, you know, everybody wants to wear the latest fashions. Everyone wants to be fashionable. And nothing that ever, ever goes out of style is treating people right or doing the right thing. That never goes out of style. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you started your literary company, Poetry at Best, what was the goal behind doing so? Well, it really wasn't that much of a goal as far as how it, uh, what it really wasn't much of a goal. It was just, you know, for me to make a little enough money to, you know, to, to uh, make ends meet uh, along with, you know, working as a teacher. But just so happened that it didn't work out that way. I ended up losing a lot instead of gaining a lot. But then in the process of losing a lot, I did gain a lot too. I gained more humility. So that is worth more than money because, you know, some people, when they do have money, they don't, they, they treat people, they, they don't treat people right or they think hot, too highly of themselves and don't give credit where credit is due because it, with all due respect, you know, the creator or whatever you believe in, you know, they're the reason why you have certain gifts and certain talents. And, you know, that's how, that's what I had to, I had to get things taken away from me before I could really understand that this is not all me. This is, I was made like this, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't, asked to have these certain things that I was given at the beginning of my life, you know, so I'm just blessed. And then, you know, some people, you know, a lot of people say that you're so blessed, but you know, some people don't want to be the way that they are. Some people want to be different and I just wanted to be regular, but I didn't, I'm not regular. <laughs> that I love that. I love that. And share with us uh, your second piece. Sure. It's it's in a section called all about much more about math and science. It's called it our every actions. We give no further ado to fractions. Yes, they are in our everyday actions. These are common points leading to cognitive satisfaction. Fractions are parts of a whole. Knowledge of fractions should soothe your soul. Behold that our everyday actions are fractions. They are represented on the line sometimes. Fractions are not to fear. They've been here ever since there has been an earth. Fractions are fuel to your brain. Yes, they have so much worth. The numerator or the top numeral represents the part. The denominator 
center or the bottom of the world represents the whole. There is a line between them that gives them character. No fraction should be demeaning to you. Learning of them should bring you joy and laughter. Knowledge of fractions, we desire for it to be plastered on your cerebral cortex. We have faith that in fractional cognition, you'll do your best and gain more than honorable mention. Fractions are in our day actions. There are points on a number line that will lead to your cognitive satisfaction. Well, I will never look at fractions again. <laughs> same the same way you're talking about fractions but you're also talking about life well i don't know if you know that song by mc Bree. um get yours you no. know so verse he says it's funny what a young player do for math i got fractions caught up in my everyday actions points leading to your real satisfaction so <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there there are life lessons. So yeah, I mean, in that, even with that song that get yours, you know, he said, "I got to get mine. You got to get yours." You know, mm -hmm. everybody has a purpose in their life, and even you know, even though this world is what it is, you pay, you are a fraction of this world. You have to do what you're set out to do, or somebody else will miss out on the fraction you're supposed to give to them oh that is the truth and you know this in this series this is 300 pages how long did it take you to do this well like i said uh most of it was already written um maybe i think i met maybe about 50 maybe 45 to 50 pieces in this um book is new like the frac the fractions one and the no fractions one I did you know a while back when I was teaching a um introducing a, a lesson or it was something I think it was a book study that we were doing on math at uh at one of the schools that I worked at and then the noble character is always his style that was that was new but like most of the poems um dealt with by experience came from my experience working in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And then there was some that I forgot about that I was that, that I had done in Baton Rouge. And I had a I worked at a youth prison in, in uh, New Orleans and I had to construct all of my lessons from scratch. So they're they're in there. So it's just it's 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 a lot it's a plethora of things in there. Wow. Now, do you write every day? I try to. Uh, when I lived in Baton Rouge and I lived in um, Vicksburg, I wrote every day. But being that I have two kids and one is special needs, uh, I, I'm lucky to brainstorm. I'm always brainstorming and then I might, you know, type in the title in my poem. I carry a notebook wherever I go. So if I get inspired to write and I have the time, I'll go ahead and do it. That is amazing. And Nicole, as you know, you, you've mentioned, and I think you mentioned it too in the first podcast, or maybe we just mentioned when we were talking later um, about having a child with special needs. What do you tell other educators and 
other writers just to tap into what's going on with you to kind of um, get a hint of inspiration? Well, I said that I might write a book about being the challenges of uh, raising a special needs child, but it is a challenge. Okay. And, and and the baby, my boy, he brings me much joy, just like my other child does as well. But he he has a, a strong desire to learn. He loves books. And I think it's because that I like to read and I like to write. And, you know, when I was, uh, when he was in the womb, I was doing a lot of reading and writing because I was in college. I was getting, obtaining my master's degree at the time. So I was doing a lot reading doing a lot of writing and then he loves music as well i never thought that i would find anybody on this earth that loved music more than me and i i, I did with my baby alan he loves music loves music <laughs> that and, lo and loves books he cannot go anywhere without a book oh that is so inspirational and yeah. for do you ever mentor new writers I want to, but due to the fact that uh, even though I have a certification in uh, uh, reading or whatever, I uh, tend to teach science more. I tend to talk. Mm -hmm. I really have more music experience than science, and I really wanted uh, to discuss that. Let us see. Since you uh, mentioned it, um, I did. I do want did when I was teaching a science class. I did want to mentor some kids. From my community, but it was so much haterism and so much jealousy there that I almost died at that. And that, and, and um, that's in a bonus article in the book, you know, about that experience. And I never thought that I would want to share that with anybody, but due to the fact that it hasn't cleared up and people are just just threw it under the bus, threw, threw me under the bus and then kicked it under the rug. I just felt like, um, it was a painful experience. You you would never think that people in your own hometown would do you so much harm, but that did it, it they did, and, and and it's it was you know it was nobody but God that kept me alive, because like I said, it was it was horrible. You know, mm. I didn't have anywhere where I had any peace, and yeah, I wanted to inspire. And I wanted to show them that good came from a rough neighborhood, but a lot of people don't want to see that. You know, a lot of people don't want to see that. They expect certain things from certain people, and it's not always true. You know, some of the, and I guess the way that you can describe a community, the uh, describe a city, is looking at the hearts of the people that run the city, not the people that live there, that live from day to day and try to make it, make a dollar out of 15 cents because life is tough for them. So you got to fight. It's already out of homeostasis. So you gotta fight. You gotta you gotta have motivation. But for the people that grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth, they don't have to do anything but be them. They don't have to change. They don't have to have love in their heart. They don't have to fight. But at home, where I'm from, it's fight all the time. It's a fight to live right. It's a fight to learn. It's a fight to have peace. It's a fight to love somebody. It's just a fight, always a fight. 
Wow, thank you so much for for sharing for sharing that story. And uh, you have another piece that you're going to do for us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it opens right up to the next one. Um, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is in a um, section for my teaching experience, and it's called "Thank God for Mississippi." Mm. It was a joke by educators in my youth while I was educated in Louisiana from kindergarten to undergrad. I never thought that it would be a truth to me because of a bully in undergrad and a multitude of others, even my own sisters and brothers, my own mom and dad and other family, plainly stated my educational endeavors and writing skills made them mad. I was pushed out of the door of Louisiana hatefully in other words, I was booted out of the boot. And on my credentials and abilities, so, so many did not speak the truth. I was tormented and buried alive. In turn, in return of peaceful school days, holidays, and all days that lie between in Louisiana. So begin again in Mississippi to gain what other educators did not want me to have. More knowledge for whatever reason. I gained more, and I thank God that Mississippi opened its door to me after I suffered from an unnecessary but necessary tragedy. I gained more to share with the world and did what was best for me. Although others in Louisiana failed to see the good in me, in my personality, pedagogical, and cognitive skills that turned the wheels in my learning car to drive the world into a learning mystery. There is good and bad in my story of education but it will only turn me into a learning sensation that will be known in many nations. I will make history and I must say for myself, thank God for Mississippi. Wow, that is powerful. So all of those challenges really led you to this point. Yes, <laughs> and that's a new one. <laughs> Wow. And how is it easy for you to write what you've been going through? Well, a lot of people have reminded me of it. And a lot of people, you know, kids that I taught that, you know, was literally, literally did whatever they wanted to do in my class, even though I was a, I had seven books, seven or more books in 120 countries worldwide. They just did whatever they wanted to do, you know, whatever. I was a public figure and I was just being as humble as I could. And, and uh, some of them just come back and touch me to see if I'm still alive because it's a wonder to them. Wow. So that is, I mean, you are, um, you're motivated and tenacious and a fighter and, um, you know, you just keep it moving no matter what comes your way. You just keep it moving and to be able to put it on paper to share with the world is just amazing. It's just amazing. And do you, how far do you think you're going to go with this, this series? Or are you going to be working on something new? I don't know, but I feel like I have another one to come out because I wrote some things on, on, on the educational and holiday topics the other day, you know, after this book was uh, published. So 
I'm pretty sure it's going to keep going as long as I'm teaching somebody something. It may not, I may not be teaching in a classroom. I may not be virtual. I may not be in person, but I'm always going to be trying to teach somebody something, you know, mm. even if it's just my children. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that's why you just released this on Thursday and you're already writing again. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and, write, and writing on a, and writing on another book and um writing on some things that I did did not finish in the past because you know I was kind of like you know discouraged because if people in your own community don't support you who will you know that was hurtful and being that I was quiet and really didn't go out much and deal with a lot of people and for them to do that I, that was that was Oh, heartbreaking. Wow. And then have to come back after being gone for seven years to start my life over and clear my name that I didn't even destroy. That uh and and and, and people feel like they was gonna do the same thing because they were able to do it the first time. That was just something to show who you really were. It wasn't because what I really was, because if I really was what you said that I was. I would have really went out of the way to hurt you instead of you went going out of the way to hurt me. Mm, and that's a that's a powerful life lesson. And you have another one for us? Sure. Uh, I, I don't really know this one by heart too much. I got a couple of cheat sheets because well, it's okay. really long. And I wrote it. Uh, I thought I was finished with a book. And then I thought about something, thought about my dad. And it was the night before I published the book. I had to write this one and put it in, or I felt like it was finished. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know if I should start off singing or should I end off singing, but I don't know. What you think? Um, you have, I've heard your voice. You have a beautiful voice. I guess you can kind of. Uh, I'll start off singing. I think okay. that that'll be more appropriate. Okay. Because this is what the song, the kind of what the poem is about. Okay. It's called Summertime by George Gershwin from the opera Porgy and Bess. That's one of my all time favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> Summertime and the living is easy. Fish are jumping and the cotton is high. Your daddy's so rich and your mom is good looking. So hush, little baby, don't you cry. One of these mornings, you're going to rise up singing. Then you'll spread your wings and fly to the
with mommy and daddy standing by one of these mornings you're gonna rise up singing then you'll spread your wings and fly to the With mommy and daddy standing by. Beautiful, beautiful. Bear with me. I don't. I hope I don't cry during this one. But this is called summertime. The living is really easy. My dad used to sing this song to my daughter and my nieces and nephews when they got fearful and upset in the summertime in Rose City. The living was easy. You can survive with $400 monthly in Monroe, better known as Rose City Southside. I never picked cotton, but I felt like I did at school as a teacher. I was treated so badly, and on me they lied. I cried alone and publicly. Of me, they made a mockery. In summer of 2011, I had no money, not even a minimum to survive on Rose City Southside. I was heartbroken and could have died in the classroom and everywhere else from laughing, pointing, and jeering. I could not. I love my mom, dad, family, and community in all days, including the summertime. I always cared and shared what I had. My daddy was rich in wisdom, but not money. My mom was good looking too. This summertime was not easy in 2011 or even years after. My easy living summer times have been destroyed by an unnatural disaster. Hate, shame. Lies, lies, laughs on sweet old me were plastered. I moved away from so many who heard me near the mighty Mississippi, where the fish were also jumping and the cotton was high. I got a fresh start in 2012 summertime from the big guy. My mom and dad stood by distantly. I was all alone, worked diligently to go home, away from home, and cry, envisioning my dad's side and saying, summertime and the living is easy. To my precious daughter that I never wanted to leave, but my God had a wonder in his sleep. He never forgot about me. I was so lonely. I cried, cried, and cried at night. On many Mississippi dice, I wanted to be out of the inhabited site Although they welcomed me. But there was no nothing comparable to my mommy and daddy standing by. No one but God could hear me cry. He wanted the world to know that people in my hometown were living a lot. I was never given a try. 
I was the answer to the problems of Rose City. I cried all alone and was filled with pity that my own hometown didn't want me. When the living became really easy in Mississippi, it was time to go back home to Rose City. Better known as Monroe, my home after being gone for so long, only to have my kids, my mommy and daddy to stand by. But nothing could harm me this time because now it's time for me to wake up from this nightmare to be flying with my mommy and my daddy in spirit to no longer cry in sadness, but tears of joy. Because the not so easy living summers will pay me abundantly for time served and beyond because what was what my hometown saw me is nothing. But I will be a global phenomenon. My summertime living will be easy. I will fish and grow cotton globally. The sky is the limit for me. I will rise up riding and singing, spreading my wings and flying to the sky. All thanks to God, better known to me as the big guy in the sky. I'll be able to tell fretful kids to hush little baby, don't you cry because you are loved by the big guy in the sky. Times may be at the present rough, but you are tough. And then quicker than a blink of an eye, the fish will be jumping and the cotton will be high. And soon you'll spread your wings and fly with mommy and daddy standing by. That's it. Oh, that is beautiful. Your voice is like a like a lullaby. So tell us about that piece. Well, my dad used, like I said in the poem, my dad used to sing it to the grandkids. And even, you know, to grandkids when they got really upset or when he felt like we were being too tough, you know, the kids, his kids were being too tough or life was feeling tough for them and he just wanted to comfort them and make them feel like that they were loved and a lot of times when i was there in mississippi by myself i was thinking about you know how my daughter you know didn't deserve the life that she was given because of the hateful people in my hometown and you know I had what it took. I had an education and I had books and I had many accolades, but they didn't really care because of, you know, my upbringing or where I grew up and I didn't have any control over that. But, you know, and then again, my child didn't have any control over how I was treated and, and the, the fact that I, it was my responsibility to take care of her. So I had to, you know, leave her because I didn't have anything. I didn't have the minimum to even survive in, in the hood, $400 a month. I didn't even have that. With seven books on my back and a degree in chemistry and, you know, working at the school and just being ridiculed, you know, but I just, I just had the perseverance to keep on going, even though my summer times was rough. We didn't have summer camp growing up in school. So my summer camp was shelling peas and you know, with with what my, my grandparents or, and my mom and dad and reading books and, you know, that type of stuff, reading the Bible. We didn't have, you know, a lot of these people that ridiculed me, they didn't provide a way 
for people in my neighborhood to have or my area to have a decent summer. You know, it was either shelling peas, and if your parents didn't really have value education, you were shelling peas or you were out there in the streets doing whatever. So I didn't want that type of life. So, you know, they told us, that's what they told us in school. If you go to school, you do the right thing. And see, I didn't even cause problems in school, you know, but kids in my neighborhood knew not to mess with me because people that are quiet by nature, them, 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 them the ones you need to watch. Especially, you know, I'm not saying that I go out of the way to hurt people because I don't. But what I'm saying is it was really tough to get an education in an area that people don't even expect you to have it or would have the drive to do it. So it was just a tough, a tough life education wise, a tough life personal wise, a tough, just a tough situation, you know, and I had. I don't know where I got the perseverance from, but I just wanted better for myself and wanted better for my kids. Wow. And you have actually, I mean, you are educated and, you know, by choice and design because you saw that education as as your key to doing something um, or being or having something uh, better. And I think, you know, when you, when you, you grow up, um, you know, you just had that fire in you to succeed. And here you are 15 books later, um, because of the, the circumstances, uh, because of the challenges and the hardship, you've actually turned it into, um, learning for yourself and for others, especially children. So kudos to you. I admire you. You have such um, an inspiring story on, you know, tough times and troubles don't last always. Thank for you. Sure. So kudos to you and thank you so much um, for for sharing, for sharing with us. And thank you for coming back on the podcast, you know, to to talk about it. I was like, oh, she says two weeks. I don't know. But you were like, I am going to try and be published in two weeks. I, I was pushing it because some of everything was coming my way and, you know, you know, so many things and so many people that, you know, counted me out now want to count me in. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know how to take this, but I know that if you're you did it once, shame on you. If I allow you to do it again, then it's shame on me. So I still love those people, you know what I'm saying? But don't expect me to get really, really close because you know, if you did it once, you'll do it again. <laughs> That's all I can say. And I know that God is a forgiving God and um that He's a loving God, but some I mean, even even He, you know. Even he, even he is jealous, you know, he don't want you to put other things before him and, you know, to continue to do wrong and just apologize and do it again. You know, it's just all I can really say is this is a learning experience for me and it's tough, you know, being back here at home, you know, being around people that ridiculed you and 
you know, how to live and love and in peace with them is is difficult. Mm, being that, being that I am from the rough part and nobody really protected you in that part, and the police was the last people to come. <laughs> well, thank God you um, that you have you know you've come a long and mighty way, and you're sharing your story to help and inspire others. And Nicole, how can folks um, get a copy of the book? How can they find you on social media? Right now, um, I don't have my author copies. I'm waiting on them, so they're not on my personal website yet. But they are on Amazon as many more school days, holidays, and all days that lie between. And then I have all of my other books on my website, along with Amazon and many other uh, online retailers worldwide. Uh, I do have a web, I have two websites, uh, personal business websites for poetry at best. It's etsy.com forward slash poetry at best. Uh, P in poetry is capitalized and the B in uh, best is capitalized. Also, author Nicole S. Brown.yolasite.com. I'm on Facebook as Nicole Sharon Brown. That's my personal, but I, I, I put some of my business stuff on there too, some of my ads. Um, I have a fan page on Facebook, Outstanding Author and Poet Nicole S. Brown. You can reach me there or the Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as author Nicole S. Brown, EDS, soon to be EDD. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, I will. I, I'm also on um, Instagram as author Nicole S. Brown, all lowercase because that's how it works in Instagram. I'm on TikTok as author Nicole S. Brown. I'm on Tumblr as author Nicole S. Brown. I'm on Pinterest as author Nicole S. Brown, but I really don't do a lot of. Um, advertise it on pinterest because that that's in my other in my other uh domain of cooking and uh cleaning it uh, you. <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean i was doing so much uh i didn't know how i was going to get this book done because we had a party for my aunt like two weeks ago and then last week we weren't we did not the where I worked. I did they did those herb the holiday. So I cooked the dinner for Easter, big dinner. Then you know I made three two desserts, and then I made a full a full full dinner. And then before that, we had a party for my aunt. Then I did. I was only supposed to do one appetizer, but my sister told me she wanted another appetizer. So I did two appetizers and a strawberry cake. So I was really really busy, and so. And then a lot of other stuff happened to the family, like, you know, uh, my sister had a, a incident with her car, so I had to do a lot of things. And I was on a uh, school break then, but I was like, man, I'm not going to ever get this book done, but I got it done. Thank God. Thank God you got it done. You got it done. It was just released uh, this past Thursday. And uh, before we wrap up, anything that you wanted to discuss that we didn't discuss today? Well, I want to thank my almighty God, I know that might offend people, but if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. I want to thank Monroe, my hometown, for doing whatever they did, because it only helped me got better. Thank you, too. Love you, too. And then I want to thank my family 
people that walked out of my life, people that I love dearly. I want to thank one of my best friends in the world that we don't really talk now, but you're trying to make amends. I don't even know how, but I want to thank you too, because if you wouldn't have done some of the things you did, I wouldn't be where I am today. Thank you to Attorney Michael L. Tyler. Uh, thank you to my daughter, Alexandra Calhoun, and my son, Alan Brown, and just, you know, everybody that come my way, whether they did good to me or bad, it's just, I thank you for it anyway, because you meant it for one thing, but it, it turned out to be for my good. Wow, that that is some life lessons right there. Wow, that is incredible um, for you to just to just say thank you. You take it all. You take it all in. You take it and you uh, learn from it and you grow with it and you share it. So. Yeah, yeah, Thank it's you. one, yeah, <laughs> it's one poem in there about a a, a girl. I want to say chick, but <laughs> a, a girl that they were real, real. She was, we were real, real close, and she was, you know, she offended me, but I turned it into something good. She told me one day because I guess cause I was telling her something about some facts, you know, some facts about something. I forgot what it was. Maybe it was something about chemistry. I can't remember, but she was. Like she told me, you have a head of useless information. Oh my! Well, I wrote about that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, girl. You said I had useless information. <laughs> well, fifteen books later, I think that head of information <laughs> uh, yep. is doing some some wondrous things now. Unfortunately. I'm going to take your photo. I'll take a picture of myself later and, you know, mesh them together <laughs> because I don't have a working camera at the moment. That's okay. <laughs> Just smile and I'll take a few. And let's see. Look straight into the camera. Yes, that right there. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll merge us together. So thank you, Nicole. Um, you know, I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome to come back when you do, you know, whatever your, your next big thing. So you're finishing up your degree, still teaching, still writing, anything else? Still teaching, still writing, still cooking, still baking, still cleaning, still loving, still singing, still clouded. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is wonderful. As you know, TalkShoe is live and recorded. So as soon as we are done, it will upload. And once it uploads, you know, I will post it uh, this evening this evening. And I want to thank author Nicole S. Brown for joining me again on the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. Thank you, Nicole, so much and have a fabulous day. You too. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.